when I'm at my best, I'm operating from a mindset of like a, sort of like constructing the world around me rather than reacting to it. So if I knew I were, what if I already knew I were an Olympic gold medalist, what would that look like for me in this moment? How would I train, how would I, how would I ease whatever anxieties I have entering the ring? What sort of confidence would that give me and blah, blah, blah. Um, so if you can ride from that place, you're coming into the ring from a completely different standpoint um, rather than sort of like your self-worth being hinged upon one performance. Welcome to Practical Horseman's Podcast, a show featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show, which runs every other week, is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and this week's episode is with 2018 World Equestrian Games team gold medalist Adrian Sternlicht. Although 27-year-old Adrian Sternlicht's main passion has always been riding, she has taken an unorthodox path to the top of the sport. Adrian competed on pony successfully, but unlike many riders who go on to compete in juniors and equitation, Adrian's parents encouraged her to scale back on her riding during high school and instead focus on her studies and other extracurricular activities in an effort to become a more well-rounded individual. While working on her bachelor's degree in public policy at Brown University, Adrian returned to show jumping. She graduated in 2016 and decided to focus full-time on the sport. It was also in 2016 that Adrienne began training full-time with four-time Olympian McLean Ward and purchased and began her partnership with her beloved mare, Crystalline, or Stella. Adrienne made her Nations Cup debut in May 2017 with Stella, where they helped the U.S. team win the silver medal in Mexico. She continued on to be a member of several Nations Cup teams and collected numerous individual top placings, resulting in her selection to the U.S. show jumping team for the 2018 World Equestrian Games, where she and Stella helped the U.S. team clinch a historic victory over Sweden, bringing home the gold medal for the U.S. for the first time in 32 years. Most recently, Adrian won back-to-back World Cup qualifiers, first launching FEI Jumping World Cup Thermal, where she and Benny's legacy whom she had only jumped at three events prior, took the top spot on the podium. And then again a week later at the Longines FEI Jumping World Cup Las Vegas, again with Benny's legacy. With these two wins, Adrienne is now sitting third in the standings for the Eastern League, which determines the riders who will qualify for the World Cup final in Las Vegas this April. I caught up with Adrienne at the Washington International Horror Show last October, where we chatted before she set off for a run in the nation's capital. During our conversation, Adrienne shared what she's learned from McLean, how she's developed her partnership with Stella, her pre-competition routines, and mental strategies for success in the saddle. But first, I want to thank this episode's sponsor, ADM Animal Nutrition. Confused with the vast offering of equine nutritional products, ADM Animal Nutrition's Forage First program makes feeding horses uncomplicated and easy. First, start with Forage, a horse's natural feed, and then add the needed Forage First performance-proven Patriot feeds. Patriot feeds are formulated for today's performance horses using the latest scientific data. Patriot utilizes grow strong minerals, multiple sources of high quality protein, quality grains, highly digestible fiber sources, pre and probiotics, and added vegetable fats to provide balanced nutrition for horses. With this combination, horses can be healthy and perform at their best with less risk of metabolic and digestive disorders. Where forage supplies are limited or of poor quality, Choose one of the complete feeds in the Patriot lineup of products. For more information, visit 
www.admequine.com. ADM Animal Nutrition is also a sponsor of Practical Horseman's 2020 Longines FEI Jumping World Cup Final Sweepstakes. Enter to win a trip for two to the World Cup Final in Las Vegas this April. Event tickets, airfare, and hotel accommodations are all included. Plus, the winners will also receive a VIP all-access pass to spend an afternoon with Olympic gold medalist Melanie Smith-Taylor. Enter at practicalhorsemanmag.com and scroll down to find the World Cup sweepstakes by January 24th to win. Now, let's jump right into the episode as Adrienne shares how her love of horses and riding began. Well, I've always been an animal lover, and um, my best friend growing up, her family uh, was very into horses, actually. Um, uh, her younger sister is Sydney Shulman, who um, beat me last night in the um, <laughs> costume class. Uh, she's one of my closest friends, and they're like family. Um, my family has zero affiliation with horses, and they had this 18, at least 18 hand horse named Samson in their backyard. Um, and I went for a play date one day, and then I refused to get off. And my mom came to pick me up and begged for lessons, and um, ended up leasing a pony a few years later. And then you successfully competed in ponies, um, yeah. and then um, kind of unlike most riders, instead of moving into juniors and equitation, yeah. you stopped riding for a little bit. Um, can you just talk about that? Yeah, I never stopped riding, um, but I definitely scaled back. It was very important to my parents and to me in retrospect, uh, though I do actually watch these equitation classes, even though I never did any of them. Um, that I was well-rounded. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to boarding school, um, and that made it a bit difficult to ride as often mm -hmm. as I wanted to. Um, and plus, I was interested in other things. Um, I was very involved in different uh, literary magazines at the school, at mm -hmm. my school, and I also played squash uh, for the varsity team um, and um, traveled at boarding school. I went to Choate. So sort of the combination of that and um, like a rigorous academic schedule made it difficult for me to ride more than two or three times a month. But uh, I started riding more seriously again when I turned 18. And what kind of brought you back into that more, taking the riding a little bit more serious? I always wanted to, but my parents' excuse was, or not their excuse, but their, their explanation was that um, first I needed to get into college. Um, so I got into Brown early decision, um, and when I did, um, I was very lucky that my dad said, okay, we promised you you could try to do this. We'll give you um, a budget, and <laughs> with that budget, you can buy one horse, you can buy ten horses, do whatever you like. Um, and with that, I was able to purchase three horses, my first horse being a veteran um, sort of Grand Prix horse. Um, I was very privileged to ride. Um, and actually, he's retiring here. Um, Addison Gierkin has been riding him. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, one of those horses I still have and compete. Oh, and cool. that's sort of how it started. You've certainly trained with kind of the best riders in the sport. Can yeah. you just kind of talk about some of those mentors or the coaches that have influenced you and what you've learned from them? Yeah, I started at Heritage Farm um, as an eight or nine year old. Um, and I think that they give the ultimate foundation um, to riders. Um, I wish I had had more of that uh, when I was of the age. Um, I ride with uh, McLean Ward now, and um, Lily Keenan rides with us. And um, 
it's just, it's amazing to see the thousands of hours of equitation drilling that went into uh, sort of her foundation that I feel like are lacking in mine. Um, but um, yeah, I'm definitely envious of that. Um, and after that, um, when I transitioned to boarding school, I started working with Linda Langmeyer, who was like very fundamental um, to, you know, help producing me as a rider, making me an effective rider, um, and just sort of honing my love of the sport. It's a wonderful family dynamic there, um, and I'm still engaged with her to this day. I have a homebred hunter with oh, her, cool. so that's fun. Um, and then I started working with Laura Crowd a bit in conjunction with Linda. I think Laura is like an unbelievable team player at the time we had a crazy group of riders riding with us, uh, and there, I don't know how she ran the operation that she did between uh, myself, but I was at a much lower level, Jesse Springsteen, um, Paris Ellen, Elise Oaken, Calvin Dobbs, Emma Heiss, and Emily Moffat, we were all there. It was crazy. It was like a school riding academy. And then I sort of um, didn't end up going to Europe a bit and was working with Linda again during the school year. Um, and then um, and that ended up introducing me to McLean. He helped me. And I loved working with him. Um, and I've been with him to this day. And it seems like you, you guys definitely have a great relationship and he's been such a huge mentor to you. What, what have you learned just from the past few years working with him? Oh, I don't <laughs> know where to start. Um, it's... It's a very refined operation, I would say. Um, it's like a, like, well, very much a well-oiled machine, um, the way that it runs. He is quite simple about the way he does it and everything. There are, while he's a genius I, at managing the horses and uh, picking horses and planning their schedules, uh, we don't do anything super intricate or bizarre at home. Um, I think there are no secrets um, to his program um, besides good riding um, and good horsemanship. Um, and so in that aspect for me, he sort of simplified a lot of things that uh, simplified or almost demystified the sport mm -hmm. for me at the highest level. Um, I'm always even now amazed at how there's a thousand ways to get from Rome to Rio, right? So mm -hmm. like he, his program is wildly different, I think, than some other top riders, and both work. Mm -hmm. um, and so one thing he's really taught me is about, like, finding what works for you, um, which is definitely a bit of trial and error, and is something that I believe as riders we're always refining um, um, and sort of honing that. Um, and But I, I would say he made me realize that it didn't need to be as complicated as I often wanted to make it seem. <laughs> and what do you think makes a good horseman? What kind of qualities or what do you think good horsemanship is? Um, so it's sort of an interesting question for me um, that I wouldn't have found interesting until about uh, a year ago. Um, so I think after the world championships for me, I achieved very far beyond where I considered myself as a rider um, and so after that uh, the question sort of arose for me of like what does success look like in this sport um, and is success of course that's 
I believe success in anyone's terms, but like how do I find a way to do this on a day-to-day basis um, that is really gratifying and makes me feel um, successful. So I, I think I've come to realize that success is like liking what you do and the way that you do it. And for me, the horsemanship part is, is very much about the way that I do the sport. Um, because I didn't grow up with a horse background, um, I, and I sort of rose to a level in the sport. I was jumping big classes, and I, and I honestly didn't know a lot of what I felt like I should know. Um, and I think I was a bit embarrassed not to know. Um, and so I've sort of taken the past year or so really taking a step back to be like, okay, how can I do this more in a way that makes me feel in touch with the horses and with the horsemanship side of things. And for me, ultimately, that's that's success. And talking about WEG um, and the lead up to WEG, what, what was it like kind of preparing for such a huge monumental event? It sort of comes in stages. I actually, I'm super goal oriented, so I love when I have one thing I can focus on. Um, and with, uh, for me now, it's sort of the Olympics and um, um, my horse is um, coming back into form, uh, Christine. Um And I think I sort of, I joke with my groom that uh, great, I get to act crazy about one thing now. Um, and so I, I really, starting out the year in 2018, leading up to WEG, I really did not see myself as having a chance at mm-hmm. all. And then I was having a good circuit and realized that the long list was a possibility. And so it sort of was different, reaching different milestones um, and pushing myself mentally um, to see uh, what I could do and if I could deliver in those mm-hmm. most important and, you know, and profound moments. Um, and that was uh, such an amazing, amazing learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then actually being at the competition, I mean, you're, were you 24 or 25? When, uh, 25. You, I mean, you're 25 years old and you just win a gold yeah. medal. What, what was going through your mind? I learned so much being there. Um, the first day I tried to ride as if I were at a championship, which sounds kind of silly, but um, you can't ride the event that you're at. Mm-hmm. What we do is the same no matter where we are. And... Uh, it has to be treated as such um, because that's what got us there, right? And that I sort of had that epiphany the second day after trying to ride, you know, create this whole narrative around my experience the first day and riding with way too much aggression. Um, so anyways, I would say that, like, the whole experience is a bit of a blur. Um, but I what I most remember was... Uh, a really like quiet moment actually um, walking into the ring on Sunday for the top 12 the final round um, and it was sort of like a, felt like it was like going for a Sunday morning mm-hmm. stroll um, and a track that was bigger than the Olympics so um, yeah I don't I don't know I it's it's hard to encapsulate it into even like a short conversation um, but I learned so much as a human I would say being there mm-hmm. And you definitely, um, Crystalline's obviously yeah. very special to you, yeah. and you have a very special bond. Can you just talk a little bit about that and kind of how you developed that? Yeah. Um, so she was a pipe dream for me. Um, that's always how I describe her. Even now, 
I think I'd say she's my greatest motivation, 100%, is to be as good as I can for her. Um, and what that looks like for me is showing up in every way I can. But yeah, I when I got her at first, I was so in awe of the horse that I was like afraid a little bit to even like get into her on the flat or, you know, she was only eight, so she had a lot of work uh, to be done in development. Um, on the development side, um, but I was just amazed by her and being around her. Um, she has this very like quiet and calm demeanor. Um, it's funny now because I've been on the road so much this fall, and every day, every time I come home, she's the first thing I do is go to her stall, and she's really um, annoyed at me and also my groom Emma that we leave her. I was seriously like she's very cold, and. Uh, it takes her about a day to warm back up to us. I think she's annoyed that we keep leaving, but she'll be with us soon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say like she's definitely like my best friend. I don't feel like I'm riding a horse when I'm with her. So yeah, I treasure the time that I spend with her, whether it's wandering around um, on foot or you know in the saddle. Uh, she's just she's something different. And can you talk a little bit about your overall training philosophy? Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I love about McLean's philosophy is he lets me, he gives me a little bit of leeway, I would say, <laughs> just a little bit, um, into, into finding my own path. So uh, still, I keep things quite simple. We actually don't work the horses as much as I think other people do. I, I like to, I think that they have to enjoy some of the time that they spend with you. Um, I think it can't always be work, work, work when you're together. Um, but again, I think that's my philosophy. I uh, remember reading an article with Luciana Diniz um, who said something about like, I can't win with a horse I don't love. Um, and that's something I can very much relate to. Um, and I think for me, the way that I'm ultimately able to be successful is about like, you know, that relationship and that understanding with the horse. So I think in that capacity, everyone is different. Um, you know, and again, that comes back to finding what works for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So it's, it's uh, you have to have that emotional connection as well. Yeah, yeah, I think a horse that I can understand their mind and then you can ride sympathetically and, you know, regardless of the type of horse, um, I have uh, a newer horse who's been like, I say she's my greatest teacher in my life right now. I am, um, I like to help. I like to do something while I'm riding. And I think the hardest thing for me to do is like just sit still, do nothing, be super present <laughs> and super calm um, and not like unreactive almost. Um, and so she's teaching me sort of like a level of awareness and I talk about like a mind-body connection um, that I never knew I had to have. So I can't wait to start competing with Crystalline again because I'm hoping I'm going to be so much better than I was even a year ago. So That's great. And do you, um, do you have a routine before a competition? Do you get nervous? Yes, I really have a routine. Um, I don't get nervous in the sense of uh, the height of the fences, um, but I think I get anxious in an anticipatory sense. Mm -hmm. So 
what I do is I always do at least a five minute meditation. I like to do a body scan and get myself a little bit out of my head because I think uh, that I think that is what for me gives me the greatest awareness that I'm living in either past or future um, and not where I am. Um, I also have this weird mushroom drink thing that I like. Um, it's for Sigmatic. They're pretty popular now. They're like for focus and people always ask me what it is and I'm like it's it's not special. I'm not saying that that there's no secret sauce right for anything. It's just about creating a routine and something that you that works for you and gives you comfort in uncomfortable situations. And then the other thing I do is before big classes I'm a big fitness enthusiast I guess you could say um normally before a big class I like to run we joke that I lunge myself just as we lunge the horses I think it's a way of just sort of clearing my head and also keeping myself busy and you mentioned the the fitness aspect how else do you stay in shape is it mostly running that you like to do or do you do other things um yeah I like to run um I like yoga I think yoga for me is quite like a spiritual thing and there's times when I feel like I really need it. Um, so I don't think of yoga so much as though it can be great exercise. Like I'll do a flow class because I feel like I need it mentally more so than for the fitness aspect. So often if I do yoga, I'll co combine it with some sort of cardio um, class um, as well. I love solid core. They have it in DC. It's super fun. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and classes like Barry's Boot Camp, I love. Um, and then I do train with um, someone in New York when I am home. My balance is actually really bad, which is, I'm always like, I used to ski competitively and I don't really know how the two work together. So that's something I'm always working on. And I'm quite small, so it's important that I'm strong. So yeah, I mean, I, I really do enjoy uh, working out and like I said right now I'm training for a half marathon and I committed to doing that this fall because I knew that I have like uh, you know I have Olympic dreams um, and I was like how can I create sort of more near-term goals for myself um, in order to treat myself like like a serious athlete um, I think often in this sport again it's whatever works for you um, but for me, I know that like peak performance means peak shape. And so that's a constant process of trying to achieve that state. And also peaking at, at the right time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for you, for the yoga, does, how does that help your riding? Is it just kind of getting your mind in like a zen-like state? Yeah, I would say that I think yoga can be quite emotional, um, and especially as someone who likes to do a lot of cardio and be very active and constantly be pushing myself, and and my reaction to a bad round is, uh, I need to go for a run, you know, and I need to sprint, and I need to do this, and I'm not good enough, I'm not this, and all these narratives that we can have, and so yoga is the opposite and sort of forces you to slow down. Um, and actually be with where you are. And sometimes for half of class, I'm very distracted, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's yoga for me is about being in touch with my body. And I realize that I ride my best when I'm in my body and not my mind. Do you have any other kind of mental strategies or tips on how you stay mentally focused? 
breathing. Breathing is, that was sort of like an epiphany that I've had that oh, recently, and, and it com keeps coming in different variations. Um, I find that I'm constantly reminding myself to get back to things that I know work for me, right? Because I think um, in our sport, uh, there's, there's, while we do have class times, things can sometimes feel very unstructured and also the travel makes everything feel very un kind of unstructured. Um, and so I really think like the closer I can stick to my routine, um, and again, for every person that's different. So that might mean like chatting with your friends for somebody. I am more of a lone wolf type of person. Um, so I really like to like be by myself before I compete and take time for myself. Um, but, but I think that that's sort of the greatest thing that you can do. I think I just went off on two different segments, <laughs> but sorry. Um, but like realizing, first off, realizing that I could control my breath was such a profound sort of shift for me um, because we breathe all day long, but we don't even realize that we're doing it, right? Um, and so that's, again, just, just tapping into the moment. And so now, like, especially when I'm nervous before a big class and especially with that one horse I was speaking about who's uh, super hot, um, her name is Justy, um, I literally will walk the course and be like, one, breathe. <laughs> Every horse is different. Um, so some of my other horses don't require that same, that, that same level of stillness. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, what I, what I, the amazing thing about sport for me is that it brings up like so many of our like primal instincts and like our fight or flight responses. Um, and I, when I'm, when I'm at my best, I'm operating from a mindset of like um, sort of like constructing the world around me rather than reacting to it. So if I knew I were, what if I already knew I were an Olympic gold medalist, what would that look like for me in this moment? How would I train? How would I, how would I ease whatever anxieties I have entering the ring? What sort of confidence would that give me and blah, blah, blah. Um, so if you can ride from that place, you're coming into the ring from a completely different standpoint um, rather than sort of like your self-worth being hinged upon one performance. Um, and so even talking about it, it's a good reminder for me. Um, yeah, so it's such a practice. And uh, the past few years have really opened my eyes to it. And, and what do you think makes a, a strong competitor? I would say that sort of two of the most, the, the pillars I, I, I think of a, of a strong competitor is one, someone who's resilient. Um, I think uh, you win so much less than you lose in this sport. Um, um, and being able to uh, rebound quickly and not hang on to your last round is very important. Um, the other thing I think is um, having a really strong belief in your program. Um, I would think that's one of McLean's greatest strengths is that regardless of what happens uh, that day in the ring, he, he goes back and he does the same thing that he did the day before and that uh, we're never really trying to rework the wheel. Everyone always jokes that McLean rides in the same bits 
wears the same jackets, same everything is, you know, we've been jumping the same course at home basically for three years, which is like a single and outside a one uh, combination. And, you know, there's probably six or seven jumps in the ring. Um, anyways, but it just goes back to the fact that I think he, he truly believes um, in his program and his foundation. Um, and I think that um, that is like his ultimate source of strength, um, as well as sort of his belief in his team. Um, and I think when you have people around you who uh, have confidence in you, um, it makes all the difference. Um, what do you think is the hardest part of the sport for you? For me, it's definitely the mental side of it. Um, I think in, um, on a big day, um, I um, can really deliver, which for some people is what's more difficult for them. Um, but I think for me, the day-to-day -day of of just of just taking it as what it is, for instance, not getting hung up on a week of four faults of four fault rounds, which in the end is fine. It's not like you had a terrible week, but sometimes I let that gnaw at me, um, and then I let that sort of compound, um, and so that's sort of uh, what I've been working on. Right, is liking the way that I I can do it every day. And I would say that that feeling of success, it waxes and, and wanes. But um, uh, generally, I think, yeah, my strength is that I, I fully believe that I can deliver on, on, uh, in those most important moments. And we talked a little bit earlier about success, but why do you think you've been so successful, I mean, especially at such a young age? I think it would be naive to not attribute it hugely to uh, my horse. Um, I don't really look at myself as, as super successful. I mean, I, I guess every person is different. Um, but I think something that where McLean and I are very similar is he's always reminding me that he doesn't wake up and see what, well, you know, Lily and I see every morning when we look at him um, and his illustrious career and how many victories he's had, you know. I think uh, good horses makes a huge difference. Um, and I think when you do have that one really special horse, often everything else just sort of seems to fall into place um, because uh, you know you have that confidence um, and then that confidence can translate to your other rides. But I think uh, I would say that I've been, the greatest key to my success has been my determination. I am very stubborn and um, in that capacity, I'm able to sort of disregard any negativity that comes my way. And um, I've been able to find more and more of what works for me um, and kind of be unapologetic about doing that. Um, I've been working with, um, he's not really a sports psychologist technically, his name is Peter Crone. Um, he's blowing up, I'm very excited for him, he's amazing. Um, he has several podcasts and I think a TV show coming out soon. And um, he's been sort of instrumental to my success and helping me. It's almost like the more you know mindset-wise and the more that your world is, you're, you're open to, you, you, can't un, you can't unlearn and unknow that sort of awareness. Uh, so after awareness is implementation, right? And uh, 
yeah, I think it's like the process of implementation is what brings success. Um, and if you weren't a professional rider, what, what would you do instead? Do you have any plans to use your degree from Brown at some point? <laughs> yes, my parents would love this question. Um, yeah, I do. Um, I think um, school, going back to school, um, or finding more of a balance um, with uh, social justice work is really my passion. Um, and so right now I sort of dabble in it um, when I am home. Um, I go to a ton of lectures and dinners, and um, I was working for the nonprofit Robin Hood, um, which is sort of the New York's largest, New York City's largest uh, poverty-fighting organization. Um, and so, um, and I have a few friends um, in the uh, criminal justice reform space, um, and so I'm able to help them on sort of, you know, an ad hoc basis. So. I think any sort of shift to me will look like um, uh, being able to spend a little bit more time doing that and having a bit more balance in, in, um, in that side of my life, but um, that all comes after 2020. <laughs> Do you have an issue that's particularly important to you? I mean, I'm fairly interested in sort of the prison industrial complex. Uh, I have a friend um, who started a nonprofit that focuses specifically on um, changing policy um, within the prison industrial complex and sort of the exploitation of the um, sort of least advantage in society, and um, also on bail reform. And again, the way that um, the current bail system really just sucks resources out of uh, the neediest communities. And so I don't know exactly what my engagement will look like um, in the future, but I know that um, and it's sort of, I feel a moral imperative um, to give back. Um, and I don't even really see it as giving back. I see it as being able to um, use my privilege um, for some sort of um, you know, better future, so. That's great. Um, and what, you know, you kind of mentioned you're big into to working out and exercise and you talked about, you know, being on the varsity squash team. What yeah. other interests or hobbies do you have outside of riding? Um, <laughs> it's a funny question. <laughs> I'm like, what else do I do? Um, I love to hike. Um, I love to read. I love to write. I'm very, very interested in like holistic nutrition. Um, so I've been taking a nutrition class online um, for the past six months. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very interested in sort of like optimal human performance, I guess, as like a very broad category. And I think that the way that like we have this sort of reserve as humans that we don't often tap into. So yeah, I would say I, I enjoy cooking. Um, and uh, I love to travel. I mean, I think that's one of the many privileges that we uh, have as riders in this sport um, is we get to see the world in a different way. Um, you know, not necessarily from a touristic point of view, um, but seeing sort of little towns um, um, in different areas of the country and the world. Well, thanks so much yeah, for chatting with me, Adrian. This is great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and thanks again to the sponsor of this episode, ADM Animal Nutrition. And join us again in two weeks. 
Upcoming conversations are with top equitation and hunter trainer Frank Madden, international show jumper Andrew Wells, and rising star Brian Mogray. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast.